Uh, Granny's Abner, I believe that's our ring. I dog his lum, I believe you're right. I'll see. Hello, John I'm down store. This is Lum and Abner. Welcome to the Comic Web's Old Time Radio Podcast. Each week we feature an episode from the golden years of radio. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs, comic books, and more. Check us out at comicweb.com. You'll get some of my brief commentary after the episodes. This week we have the Lum and Abner show, legal document. And the second episode is Jay Wadsworth from Chicago. Ring. I know Islam, I believe you're right. I'll see. Hello, John M. Downstore. This is Islam and Abner. Hello? Let's see what's going on down in Pine Ridge. Well... Lum and Abner's contest for the best suggestion on spending Diogenes Smith's $10,000 gift to Pine Ridge didn't turn out so well. None of the suggestions were worthwhile, so the old fellows awarded the prize box of groceries to the most needy contestant, one Ulysses S. Quincy. Mr. Quincy immediately demanded that they carry out his suggestion of building a toll bridge in the town. As we look in on the little community today, we find Lum and Abner in their Jotham Down store discussing this new problem. Listen. Well, maybe old man Quincy will forget about this bridge idea pretty soon, Lum. I've heard his woman say he's always getting big ideas for inventing stuff, and then he forgets all about them by the next day. Oh, yeah, he's always figuring out something. He had a contraption rigged up there one day to do the churning for him. Well... And it rigged up with the windmill. Well, I do know. He'll be all right on a windy day, I reckon. Yeah, I don't think he'll forget this, no. He don't. bound and determined that Pine Ridge is going to build a toll bridge. Even though he knows we ain't got no river to put it across. No. Oh. Most ridiculous thing I ever heard of. Well, maybe if we went out and had a little talk with him, why he'd change his mind, Lum. Talk with him? That's all I've been doing all morning. He keeps calling up every ten minutes. When are you going to start the bridge? How soon are you going to start the bridge? Have you started the bridge yet? Well. And he's going to drive me stark, raving, mad crazy. Well, what, what was in that letter you said you got from him this morning? Oh, he sent in an application for the job of toll keeper. Toll keeper? Yeah, that's the fellow that stands at the entrance to the bridge and takes the toll money from the cars that's crossing the bridge. And keeps it? No, that's just what they call them fellas, toll keepers. Well, I don't think we ought to let him keep all that money. That won't do Pine Ridge no good. Well, we ain't going to let him keep no money. Fact is, I think I'll just pint myself to that job. Er, wait a minute, we ain't building no bridge. What's the matter with me? Uh, well, did he say anything else in the letter? Yeah, he said he wanted the bridge to be named after him. Named after Yeah, him. wants us to call it uh, Ulysses S. Quincy Toll and Suspension Bridge. Oh, prattle, prattle. I don't like it. I'd a heap rather we called it the Pine Ridge Bridge. Yeah, either that or the Eddards Memorial Bridge. Granny's there we go again. We ain't going to build that bridge. What's the matter with it? No, no. Well, do you, do you think that Ulysses can actually lawsuit us if we don't? I don't know. I sort of doubt it, though. Squire said he'd look it up in some of them law books he's got and see whether Ulysses is the case against us or not. Well, I wouldn't put no trust into what Squire Skimp says, Long. Well, ordinary, I wouldn't either, but you got to admit he knows a heap about legal law and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And as long as he's found out about the $10,000 Dodge and e. Smith left for the community, he'll be as anxious as we are to keep from spending the money on a no-good bridge. Yeah, still, I hate to see him get mixed up in this old arm. I'll tell you that. That's well, Squire Skimp. Well, don't worry. I won't let him trick us no way. 
Besides, if he can get us out of this, he'll be doing both us and Pine Ridge a big favor. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got to admit that. Er, ain't that all right? I never heard it. I believe it was, believe it was. Phone's so far away, I never hear it hardly. Ah. Uh. Hello, Ulysses. No, we ain't got it started yet. No, we ain't. Goodbye. Was it him? Yeah. I think I'll have that phone took out of here. Well, you ought to thought of that last week when Don Amici's was in town for the premiere of our picture, and we could have just given it back to him. Abner, how many times do I have to tell you that he never actually invented the telephone? Wait a minute, there comes Cedric. Huh? I wonder if Cedric's recovered from being a moving picture celebrity yet. Oh, yeah, he more likely forgot about that by now. More likely back to worrying about not beating that pinball machine. Well, that's good. <laughs> I hate to see him getting all stuck up. Oh, yeah, it went right to his head. Well, howdy, Cedric. Hey, come on in, Cedric. Wonderful world. Yeah, wonderful world. Hey, would you fellas help me write a letter? A letter? What are you doing, writing to all your fans and admirers? No, Mom, I'm writing to Ernest. Who? You know, Ernest Macmillan, the one that's went in the Army. Oh, oh, well, that's a good idea, Cedric. That's awful thoughty of you. Yes, Mom, I thought he'd like to get a letter from a moving picture star. Oh. oh, I see. Well, it's still a good idea. Yeah. Them soldier boys enjoys getting letters. Everybody ought to write to them all they can. Why, Let them know sure. how proud we are of them, how we're behind them 100%. Yeah, yeah, ought to do it. There's just one thing, though, Cedric. Yes, Mom? Be sure you don't give out no military secrets or any information that the enemy would like to get a hold of. Oh, no, Mama. I've already taken care of that, I think. I swapped my bird whistle to Gomer Bates for some invisible ink. <laughs> See, here it is. Invisible ink? Yes, Mom. It works wonderful, too. Well. You just write down some stuff, and pretty soon it all disappears, and nobody can't never read it. Why, <laughs> doggy, that's a good idea, Cedric. That way, if a letter gets into the wrong hands, why, they won't know what it says. No, they won't really. <laughs> oh, that's just a dandy. Just a minute, though. If the letter's invisible, how's Ernest going to read it? Huh? Well, I got that figured out, too. I'm going to write another letter in regular ink telling him what all I said in the invisible letter. Sure. Well, that ain't no good. What if the second letter gets into the wrong hands? Oh. Well, oh, never thought about that. No. Well, I reckon I better give up the idea. Believe I'll just go down to Luke Spears' restaurant and play the pinball machine a while. No, you said right down here and write Ernest a nice letter. Yeah, wait a minute, Mom. There's Squire Skimp across the street and he's heading over this way. Oh, well, in that case, Cedric, you better run on home and get your mama to help you write the letter. Yeah, yeah. All right. Maybe I'll just get Mr. Luke Spears to help me. Well, get anybody you like. So long, Cedric. So long. Wonderful world. Wonderful world, Cedric. I'm glad he's gone. I never wanted Squire talking about the $10,000 in front of Cedric. Oh, no, he'd have it all over town in no time at all. That boy, he talks and talks. Well, howdy, Squire. Yeah, howdy, Squire. Come on back. Yes, gentlemen, gentlemen. Did you find out anything from your law book, Squire? Yes, yes, I did, Lom. And uh, I regret to report that I bring you no glad tidings. No glad tidings? No, no I'm afraid not, Lom. After a thorough examination of all the bylaws and statutes and ordinances pertaining to this matter, as well as court records of civil action and habeas corpuses escrowed relating there, too. You looked all them up, too, huh? Oh, yes, yes. After a thorough examination, Lum, I find that Ulysses S. Quincy has an ample basis for a case against you if you fail to erect said bridge. Yeah, I was afraid of that. 
Inasmuch as uh, Diogenes left the money not to you individually, but to the whole community, to be spent by the community for the community, the above-mentioned Mr. Quincy, being a legal member of the community, has a right to voice in deciding how the money shall be spent. He does, huh? Yes, and whereas you conducted a fair and legal contest for this purpose and publicly designated the above-mentioned Mr. Quincy as the winner, you are bound to use his suggested plan, Lum. Well, Dad, blame the above-mentioned Mr. Quincy. Now, uh, however, Lum, uh, realizing the extreme absurdity of building a toll bridge without having a river under it, I've gone to some trouble to find a way out for you. You have. And I believe I've hit upon something. Oh, well, good for you, Squire. <laughs> what is it? Well, now, of course, it's uh, just an outside chance, but I think it might work. Uh, I have here, Lum, a little uh, legal document, uh, perfectly harmless, of course, uh, which proves that you have no right nor sufficient means to build said bridge. Huh? Now, all you have to do is sign this, and I'll show it to Mr. Quincy, and he will, I'm sure, drop the key. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Hand me that pen there, Abner. Come on, now, Lum, you oughtn't to sign that. Well, all it says is that I can't build no bridge, and that's the truth, ain't it? Yeah. Give me the pen. Well, uh, exactly what does it say in that paper, Squire? Why, uh, well, uh, just the uh, usual uh, legal phrasing, Abner. Yes, the uh, usual legal phrasing, Abner. Where do I sign, Squire? Right here? Uh, yes, yes, right there on that line, Lom. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't think you ought to do that, Lom. There you are, Squire. Yes, yes. Get that south old man just as fast as you can. And maybe you stop coming up here every five Oh, yes, yes. I'll rush it right out to him, Lom. And uh, now one more thing, too, Lom. Uh, I do want to call your attention to one little paragraph that uh, I had to insert in the document here to make it absolutely legal. Oh, you know, we don't want anything right. wrong. Of course not. No, no. Uh, no. Which one is that, Squire? Well, uh, the one wherein you disclaim any and all interest or ownership in the $10,000 you have in the bank and uh, transfer all responsibility and executor rights to me. To you? Yes, yes. Well, uh, here, I'll rush this right out to Mr. Quincy. Well, wait a minute, hey. Squire. Come back here. Uh, I'll see you, gentlemen. Hey, Here's Squire, the... hold on a minute. Well, for goodness sakes. I dog is llama. I told you not to sign that thing. I know it. I know it. I ought to have had more sense than to listen to him Why, in the first sure. place. I wanted you to read it, but neither you nor Squire, neither one will do it. Uh, wait a minute. There comes Cedric back for again. For goodness sakes, get him out of here. I don't want to see nobody. Never. Don't take it now too hard, Lum. Maybe there's some way we can get out of this. George, what do you want, Cedric? Oh, oh, just looking for something. Do you see it in here any place? See what, Cedric? Oh, here it is, here it is. <laughs> don't want to lose that. <laughs> That's all. Well, so long. So long. Just a minute. Is that yours, Cedric? Yes, Mom. I Granny Abner, we're saved. Huh? I signed that document with Cedric's invisible ink. <laughs> I believe that's our ring. I dog is Lum. I believe you're right. I'll see. Hello, jot him down, store. This is Lum and Abner. No? Let's see what's going on down in Pine Ridge. Well, Squire.
Briar Skimp's friend, contractor Gregory W. W. Dobbs, made a quick visit to Pine Ridge the other day, approved Mousy's plans for the Wonderful World Apartments, and secured a check from Lum and Abner for $1,200 to purchase lumber. However, in the excitement, Abner made a mistake and signed a blotter instead of the check. As we look in on the little community today, we find the old fellows in their jot down strong library. Uh, Lum is pretty much disgusted over the inconvenience Abner has caused by failing to sign the check properly. Listen. Well, Mr. Dobbs has surely cashed a check, Lum, or we would have heard from him by this time. Yes, I hope so. What I'm feared of, though, is he buys some lumber at that check, and when the lumber company takes the check to the bank, the bank will turn it down because your name ain't on it. It will, huh? Well, sure. That money was put in a joint account for me and you both got to sign the checks for their cash well, I'm sorry I signed that blotter instead of the check, but he's just a smoky in here. I couldn't see nothing on And is if Mr. Dobbs is embarrassed by having that check come back, he might not want to have anything to do with helping us build our wonderful world apartments. Well, don't Squire where to locate him. Tell him to bring the check back. I'll sign him. The trouble is, I can't locate Squire. Huh? His woman says he left with Mr. Dobbs and ain't been back since. Mm-hmm. They're more than likely someplace working on the plan. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I just hope I ain't spoiled everything first. Hey, doggies, wait a minute. Who's that coming in yonder? Huh? Look there. I never have saw him before, have you? Oh, I ain't. Must be a stranger in town. Yeah. More than likely a drummer. Just about, just about. I don't want to buy nothing, I know that. No, no, no. Curious-looking sort of a fella. Look at them horn-rimmed spectacles. (laughs) Doggies ought to get me a pair of them, you know it. What's that he's carrying there? Oh, reckons it's samples of some kind, or a briefcase, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's a drummer, that's what he is, ain't no doubts about it. Now, reckon what he's got in there he wants to sell. Yeah, I don't know, we'll soon find out. I know. Oh. Well, how do you do, sir? What can we do for you? Uh, how do you do? <laughs> My name is Tiffin, uh, J. Wadsworth Tiffin, and I'm trying to locate a Mr. Lem Edwards. Lem Edwards? Uh, yes, sir, I was informed that he was one of the owners of this store. Oh, I reckon that must be me. You got the name wrong, though. It's Lum Edwards. Lum? Why, that's an odd name. It's short for Columbus. Abner, yes, sir. Well, Mr. Edgars, I would like very much to shake your hand. You are positively and without a doubt a genius. That's what you are, a genius among modern building engineers. A genius? Well, oh, I wouldn't go so first to say that, Mr. Tiffin. Hardly. Not quite that far, anyway. Uh, Mr. Tiffin, you weren't sent over here by Squire Skimp, was you? Squire Skimp? Why, uh, who's he? See there, you don't even know him, have you? Oh, uh, go yeah. on, Mr. Tiffin. Uh, what was you saying? Well, you see, it's this way, Mr. Irwin. Edwards. I, oh, yes, yes. Pardon me, Edwards. I never can remember a name, but I always forget a face. You see, I heard about your amazing apartment building plan a short time ago, and Well, I... how'd you hear about it, Mr. Tiffin? Well, that's a very complicated story. You see, Fred Butler runs a service station in Dubuque. Uh, that's where I live, Dubuque. And Fred heard it from his cousin, Orville Butler. You know, Orville Butler married one of the Salisbury girls. She was the oldest one, I believe. Or No, no, no. I think she was the youngest. No, well, anyway, she heard it from her uncle, who married a second cousin of a Pine Ridge girl, uh, Mrs. Bleven. I think that was the name. Oh, that uh, must be Mrs. Bleven. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's just about who it is, Mrs. Bleven. She does have a relay up in Iowa Summers at Dubuque. I believe the name she called it. Yeah, yeah I've heard Mrs. Blevins mention her. Writes her letters all the time. Oh, well, uh, who did you hear it from, Mr. Tiffin? Fred Butler? Well, no, no, I forget where I did hear it now, but oh, no matter. The point is that I am here to make you a very attractive offer. 
make me an offer. Yes, indeed. I don't know whether you realize it or not, Mr. Elwood, but you have hit upon an idea that might solve all the housing problems of this country, and we, we want to buy that idea. Who's we? Well, I am the Iowa representative of the Orkney Building Corporation of Chicago. Oh. Yes, indeed. I've been with the company for years. But uh, the point is, we would like to secure your secret method for prefabrication. Prefabrication? Well, whatever it is that enables you to build 25 or 30 apartment houses on an investment of only $10,000. You see, with your secret, my company can secure contracts for more government housing projects than we can possibly handle. And that's why I'm here with this certified check for $50,000. $50,000? Oh, now, be reasonable, Mr. Egbert. After all, that's all the higher we can go. You must realize that your formula is still in its experimental stage. Well, never a minute weren't enough. I just never realized the idea was worth that much money. Well, uh, we're probably being a little too generous, but then the Orkney Corporation has always had a reputation for fair play. Well, is it a deal, Mr. Elbert? Eddard. I mean, Eddard, uh, is it a deal? Well, uh, first I'm concerned it is, but I'll have to get in touch with Mousy first. Mousy? Yeah, Mousy Gray. He's sort of in on this idea, too. Yeah, uh, facts is, he, he was the one that studied it up. Well, he did study some of it up. Oh, yeah. Under my direction, of course. Hmm. Abner, call over to Dick Huddleston's store. I seen Mousy go in there just a little bit ago. See if you can get him over here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll see if he's still there. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, will it take very long to get a hold of this uh, Mousy person? Oh, no. It's just across the street there. Just take him a second to get over here oh, if he's still there. fine. Hello? Is that you, Dick? Huh? Oh, <laughs> well, Mousy, what are you doing answering the phone over there? Never knowed your voice. Yeah? Well... Uh, when did you start? Hurry up, Abner. Tell him to come over here right away. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good for you. I don't think you can, Lom. He just started working over there. Working over there? Yeah, yeah, working oh, over yeah. at Dick's store. Well, tell him to come on over here anyway. Yeah. Uh, say, Mousy, can, can you get over to the store here for a few minutes? Can't leave, huh? Tell him he's got to leave. Tell uh-huh. him we've got the greatest news for him he's ever here. Yeah, just a minute, Mousy. Tell him what, Lon. Tell him we got the greatest news for him he ever here. Yeah, well, well, Mousy, you got to come on over here. We got the greatest news for you ever here. That'll get him. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. But, well, Lon, he says he can't leave on account of he's working well, there. tell him to quit his job, then. Well, quit your job, Mousy, and get on over here. Tell him what I got to tell him is worth a hundred jobs like that. Yeah, Mousy, uh, Lon's got something to tell you it's worth a hundred jobs like that, and you got, he said. <laughs> he will. <laughs> well, good for you. Yeah, right away, yeah. yeah. Well, hurry up now. Get on over here. All right, Mousy. Yeah, huh? Yeah, well, just come on over, lock the door up. We'll explain it to Dick. Yeah, all right. Goodbye. He's going to quit his job. Just lock the store up and come over here, he said. <laughs> Very good. Uh, he'll be over here in just a minute, Mr. Tiffin. Oh. Then we'll close the deal. Fine, fine. Uh, uh, tell me, how did you happen to hit upon this amazing construction secret, Mr. Everett? Eddard. I mean, Eddard. Uh, what uh, special materials do you use? Oh, no, special ones. It's don't matter what materials we make the buildings out of. Oh, it doesn't? Well, then, how in the world do you arrive at such a low construction cost? Oh, well, that's easy to explain. See, here's how it works. See, we take the $10,000 that Diogenes left. Uh, Diogenes? Uh, who, may I ask, is uh, Diogenes? Oh, he's a fellow that, well, 
he left town a short while ago, but before he did, he gave Pine Ridge $10,000 to be spent in uh, some way that would do the most good for the whole community. Yeah, he turned out to be a good man, Dodge, and he's dead. Oh, well, uh, I don't understand any of this, but uh, uh, go on with the construction formula. Well, we take the money and build one apartment house. One? I thought you could build 30. Well, you can. I'm coming to that. See, 20 families move into this first apartment house. Yes. Almost 20. And they can live in it free for the rest of their lives. All they got to do is turn in their old houses to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, go on. And then we take these houses and sell them for just $1,000 a piece. That gives us twice what we started with, or $20,000. So then we can build two apartment houses with that. You, you following me? Uh, yes. Uh, go on. And then 40 families move into these two new apartments and turn in their old houses, and so on. See, we keep getting in twice as much money from selling the old houses and building twice as many new apartments till we got enough for the whole community. <laughs> but this is, this is amazing. And, and on top of that, according to the figures we got figured out, we end up with a profit of $320,000. Now, yeah. what do you think of that, Mr. Tiffin? Well, Mr. Edmund, I have never heard such a logical-sounding crackpot idea in all my life. Huh. Crackpot? Why, certainly it's crackpot. Why, don't you see, if all the people are moving into the apartments, who are you going to sell all the old houses to? Well, we're selling this week. Huh. Uh, doggy, that's right, Lon. There won't be nobody left to buy them. Oh, my, my. Well, good day, Mr. Almond. I'm very sorry I wasted so much of your valuable time. Oh, my goodness. I've been with a company for years, and I had a fall with a thing like this. Well, I'll be John Brown. Huh. And I ought to be bored for the samples. Why didn't I think of that? Well, are we going ahead and build apartment buildings or not, Long? Of course we ain't. The idea won't work. You heard him. Yeah. Well, what about that check we give Mr. Dog? Oh, my goodness. I forgot about that. $1,200 check. Yeah, what if he's went ahead and bought $1,200 worth of lumber and now we ain't going to build the apartments? Oh, my goodness. Right, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There comes Mousy. Granny, we got to find that fellow Dobbs and do it quick. Well, howdy, Mousy. Come in. Mm. Well, hello, Abner. Long. Well, what's the good news? Good news? Yes, sir. What was it you wanted to tell me, Long? Oh, uh, Mousy? Yes, sir. I called you over here to tell you. Yes, sir. You're a crackpot. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We're adding new old-time radio programs to the comic web for sale almost every week. Lum and Abner was a comedy team that first aired in 1930, went networked in 1932, and lasted until 1953. It was one of the most popular radio shows on the air. Lum was played by Chesner Lauk, and Abner was played by Norris Goff. The main premise was two hillbilly proprietors of the Jotham Down General Store in Pine Ridge, Arkansas. They usually had a scheme or two going on, but they never quite managed to score it big. Oftentimes, they had run-ins with people from the big city, like in our sep- second e- episode, Jay Wadsworth from Chicago. Lauk and Goff had known each other since childhood and attended the University of Arkansas together. They originally had a blackface routine, but thankfully changed it to portray hillbillies when they auditioned for a radio show. Many of the characters in the show were loosely based on people that they knew in the town of Waters, Arkansas. Then, I guess because nothing else was going on in Waters, Arkansas during the Great Depression, the town changed its name to Pine Ridge in 1936. The town now has a Lum and Abner Museum and a replica of the Jotham Downs store. Their successful radio show led to seven movies filmed between 1940 and 1956. The radio show was so successful that they tried going from the 15-minute format to a half hour. 
Most shows, as their popularity faded, went from a half hour to the 15-minute format. But the 30-minute length didn't go over too well with audiences, and they went back to the 15-minute episodes. By the time the show went off the air in 1954, they had produced over, over 5,000 episodes. After the show went off the air, the two changed deficiencies in their jot-em-down store, brought in mass merchandising, lower costs, and drove out the competition, then changed their name to Walmart. Now no one makes fun of hillbillies from Arkansas anymore. And before we sign off till next week, here's the Comic Web Radio Secret Society code. 25, 27, 17, 26, 3. Just enter this code at www.comicweb.com slash secretsociety.htm. Deciphering the code will give you all the benefits of membership in the Comic Web Radio Secret Society. Benefits include more free episodes, fun facts, and a certificate of membership. The code again is 25, 27, 17, 26, 3. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave a review of the podcast at the site where you downloaded it. And if you have any comments for us, please drop us an email at editor at comicweb.com. Thanks and have a good week.